Out on the Front Lines brings to you filmmaker, director, producer, Antoine So Allen. I'm going to show you how I got to my second feature film. But let me give you a little background story how I even got here. I did my first short film called Split Decision a few years ago. I won an award that validated me, that gave me enough energy to keep going. So I did my first feature film called Life is Too Short. It did amazing for me. A lot of people told me after you do your first short film, don't do a feature, it's too much. I decided not to listen to nobody like I usually do in my career. I just go for it. I won 25 awards internationally and domestically. It did really great for me and great for building my brand. I just wrapped up my second feature film called Lola. It's a female boxing film and it came out beautiful. I'm so happy about it, but it wasn't easy. Welcome Antoine Allen to Out on the Front Lines. It is a pleasure to have you. Welcome. Happy New Year, brother. How you been? Happy New Year, brother. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Just trying to say, uh, survive this crazy virus and, um, you know, just move forward, look at the opportunities that presented us and you know, take it from there. Yeah, yeah. It feels like you had a breakthrough year last year. You talked to us about the health scare and what you learned from that and how you were able to bounce back from that scare. Well, I was on a production about to shoot Lola, my first, you know, first feature of the year. And I was take care of myself. So my di I had diabetes, almost went to a diabetic coma, and I had to push production back. And in the film world, when the director said he got pushed production back, that means it's not gonna happen. So but I made a promise to my cast and crew that I just need some time to get healthy, get myself together. So I asked God to listen, just let me get past this, this film, let me do this film project, and I'll take six months to get myself together. And I did that, took six months, got myself together. Um, I lost 100 pounds um, because I realized that, you know, I'm making all those great films. I want to be here. You know, I want to be alive to see everything come through. And then we wrapped up Lola. I loved it. It was exciting. And then um, 2020, um, we had a nice premiere. I had a big rollout plan for Lola and COVID hit. So what I did was you got to be advanced and do an audible. And actually last year, besides people, you know, passing away, it actually was a great year for me because there was a lot of opportunities in the film world that I tell people at times, with any trauma, there's always great opportunities. You got to find the blessings in it. And um, now, you know, we in 2021, hopefully we don't get no UFOs because last year was crazy. So, you know, moving forward and realizing that, you know, health is wealth and um, no, no one's problem tomorrow. Yeah, health is wealth. So I want to backtrack because you are the kind of person who is self-sufficient. So what was it like having to rely on, let's say, your wife or a close friend to get you through that health scare? Were you struggling trying to come to terms with realizing that you can't do it alone? Or what was your thought process? Well, when it comes to my wife, that's my best friend. So I was happy with that. But yeah, I'm self-sufficient. So for me, not being able to move a mobile, it took me out of my comfort zone. But when anything, you know, you can't do everything by yourself. So um, with her help and my friend's help, I got through it. Um, but I always say I'm not going back there again because, you know, that, that's, I'm young. You know, being a black uh, male in America, we already have other things going on. So we don't need, because I said to myself, I'm not going to die because no piece of chicken. That's the worst. <laughs> that's, like, right. that's like, yeah, that's, that's just dumb. Yeah. So, you know, but yeah, yeah. So now, you know, I'm healthy, better, um, look good. So, yeah. 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 So, so I want to talk about friendships with you, right? 
So during a time like now with COVID-19, how do you sort of lean on your friends to stay creative? Because it feels like everything is on shutdown. So how do you go about getting together with your friends to, to do things in the film world? Well, my circle is tight. But what I do do, I tell a lot of friends and associates, you know, I know we all have that free inside of us, but COVID didn't teach you anything. And you're still doing the same thing you've been doing for the last few years. This might not be for you. Mm -hmm. You might have to do another career. So I I'm really honest with my friends and associates. Like, listen, this is, this is not everything we're going to even playing field for a lot of things, especially in the film industry. So, you know, this year alone, you know, last year alone, I had to talk all close friends out of committing suicide. So um this been hard, but for me, I just uh, I'm from the I'm from humble's beginning. So this is just another day in office. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, let's talk about your humble beginnings, eh? So what was it like growing up? How were you able to survive? Um, you know, growing up poor, single, you know, parent household. Um, how to survive is that's what we learn how to survive. We didn't know how to love, we didn't know anything, it's just a survival mode. You know, in my neighborhood growing up, Stop Jamaica Queens, you know, past if you pass the age of 25, you're doing something right because mm -hmm. the life expectancy for us is very low. So once I got older and I dealt with my trauma, I had to realize that I got to reverse my trauma. I can't let my past be my future. So the main thing is believe in the higher power. So once you believe in a higher power and knows that it's something bigger than you, that's step one. Step two, realizing that you want to be an old man full of regrets. You know, I don't want to be 40, 50 and be like, I wish I did that, I wish I did that. So the best change is change behavior mm -hmm. and reprogramming because we reprogram our clothes. We upgrade, I mean, we upgrade our clothes, our phone, but we're going to reprogram our mind and upgrade our mind. And that's how I got out of it. And realize I wanted more out of life. You know, I allowed my friends around me doing the same thing, recycling the trauma. Because when you come from a, a trauma background, you either be a part of it or you're going to be the person that break through it. So I want to keep recycling and recycling. I just want more of my life. Yeah. I feel like you really appreciate life. It feels like you celebrate it. Well, when I hit 40, um, I'm planning to release my book, Stop Asking for Permission. And hopefully I have a little book signing. Um, depends how COVID is. But yeah, I'm planning to release my book. And uh, my book is called Stop Back to Before Permission. And it's basically like 25 steps in my life, how I got to the point in my life, and showing people that if I could come from my humble beginnings, you could kind of do the same too, but you got to do the work. That's, a, that's a, another thing. A lot of times we like to talk about things, but the execution that gets to the next level. We could talk all day, we could chat all day, but it's execution. So a lot of my friends and family and people, whenever you do book, they know everything I'm saying is true because I'm actually doing it. Um, sometimes you buy those books and a person has so many words, have so much knowledge, but haven't done it for themselves. So it's like, it's just words. So the words got to meet the action. Wow. Stop asking for permission. I like that. That's a big statement. No, I'm saying most of the times that's what we're doing. We're not reaching out for potential. We're asking for permission, asking for a seat at the table. You know, I don't like asking. I'm very impatient. I'd rather pull my seat up and start building. But a lot of people have that problem. And I had that problem before, too. I want to validate myself. I wanted to be like, oh, please look at me. Please look at me. And I realized that Antoine, 
You have to be your own cheerleader. Because at the end of the day, no one cares. And we in the film industry, yeah, we in the film industry, you get 100 no's before you get a yes. Yeah. So this is a this is an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, I saw an interview that you did, A, and you said something along the lines of, you like to make your own food so that when you sit at the table, yeah. it, it tastes better. Can you talk to us about that analogy? I think, not think, for years, especially African-Americans, we've been being baby-fed, whatever they want to give us, crumbs. And, you know, you get to a point that, yo, is it more? And the best way is more is home-cooked food. We got to stop getting that instant food and just eating everything and taking everything. So for me, I came from the music background. I came from the era of the Master P selling music out of your trunk. I came from the era of 50 Cent. Okay, you black me, I'm going to make it on my own. I came from the era of Jay-Z that you said no to me, I built my own label. Mm-hmm. Those are influence I had around me growing up. And then sometimes when I talk to other people, they're like, oh, I want to get on this, I want to get on that. I'm like, you can do it yourself. But at the end of the day, I have to realize we're just not the same. We come from a different background. Yeah, I love that. So speaking of validating yourself, I know you have your film festival called Validate Yourself, right? What's it like trying to do a festival during this whole pandemic? Are you still doing it or is it on hiatus? What's the status on the film festival? So what I did was, well, I started the festival because I was going to different film festivals and I wasn't seeing my people. So instead of me complaining about it, I started my own festival. It did really well for four years, but COVID hit. So what I did was, I did not want to do virtually. I decided to shut it down until we in a better place. Um, I started, the reason why is it's supposed to be come together. Virtually, I don't like it. Um, and also too, it watered down the festival market. So what's the sense of paying for 100 festivals it's going to be online. Mm. So I'd rather wait to see where we at and then start it back up. But yeah, I started the festival because I just wanted, I want to see my people win. Yeah, hey, I feel like you are just literally saving lives out here. You're constantly giving people opportunities. You're about what you preach. You're creating festivals for people. And at your festival, A, this is when it was up and running, you had an acting competition and the winner would get a cash prize and then get an opportunity to have a film produced. Who does that at a film festival? How are you able to create those kind of situations that give people those opportunities? Well, this industry is a lot of things I don't like. So once again, be the change you want to see. Sometimes you go to the festivals, you win the awards, awards like twenty dollar awards you could get from Amazon. It's like it's just so terrible. And I and I, I tell people a lot of times, it's a quote that I live by. Be the change you want to see. We got to stop complaining. Like you complain when you want to. Let's be part of the solution. So I'm big on that, and um, that's the only way we're gonna get change. We have to just be the change we want to see. Yeah. Speaking of the change you want to see, I feel like nowadays it's hard for people like us to get nominated for Emmy Awards. And you took it into your own hands and you did something. Can you talk to us about what you did to sort of position yourself to help people like us? Well, the great thing about the Emmys, almost anybody could be a judge and they wide open. When you're dealing with the Oscars, the Oscars, they don't want you. We got to stop complaining. Like, if it takes 100 years for someone to wake up, they don't want you. But with the Emmys, they have an open mind. They want to change. So if you want to be an Emmy member, you say, you know what? I'm tired of seeing it. Become a member. Get, get the word out. 
you know, if you got a web series, a lot of times for us, web series are easy to do because we don't have the budget for a big TV show. You can submit to a web series. There's so many things with the Emmys that I love about it. So I became a judge. Um, I judged for like a year or two because I was like, we keep complaining. Yeah. So another thing we're gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna start my own war show. That's something I'm working on. Um, because like I said, when I see our industry and I see so many people that look like us as in position of power, and they say a lot of great words, but when you get behind that curtain, you're doing a bare minimal. So like I said, once again, I can't go back and forth with the whole, this guy ain't doing this, he ain't doing this. We could do this stuff, but you know, we gotta plant those seeds. We can't eat off the fruit the one plant those seeds. Mm. Preach. I love that. I love that. So I remember years ago when you were in Spain. I don't know if you remember this, but you had taken home an award. And I just remember that picture and the joy on your face from just receiving that award because you didn't expect to win. Can you talk to us about just the importance of winning awards because at the end of the day it's nice to be acknowledged for the things that we do right um my first feature from actually you was in um called life too short i won multiple awards and always used to hear in hollywood black films or black creators don't sell overseas i knew it was a lie because we're, we're coming from hollywood a bunch of lies so i decided <laughs> yeah i decided to submit my first feature film it's a festival in Spain. So I'm not thinking nothing. They got in. So I said, I got to go. And this is my first time out of the country. Out of my whole life. I was around, I can't remember my age, a few years ago. But I was my first time out of the country. So I went out there. Went out there with my wife, um, my team. And I was just there. And I expected to win because going to Spain, which, which, I'm, I'm actually jumping. The first thing I didn't expect, I use Facebook as my marketing tool. So a lot of people don't know this. When you pay for Facebook ads, you could target the demographic in the market. So I knew I was going to be in Mambella, Spain. I target Spain. When we got to Spain, half it did it was sold out. Oh, wow. So, so that's another thing I realized. Facebook and Instagram, you can meet people all around the world. And I got with some friends in Spain online. They helped me promote. So when I got there, that's the first time I was shocked. I was like, holy, wow, this is amazing. And they, and they loved the film. Then we get to the war show. So we get to the war shows packed. I don't see none of my people. Just me, my one, my team. We're like the, like we're like the, the 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 when you go to the events, you're like the only black person. Yeah, yeah. So we there chilling. I'm just I'm just happy I'm there. Like my film traveled the the Spain, so that was accomplished enough. Sure. Then they call my film best feature. I was like, what? International filmmaker for believing in my vision. I want to thank my friends and family over from New York to support me. Um, never give up on your dreams. Dream big or don't dream at all. Thank you. Then they called me again for my actress, Nelsie, for Best Lead Actress. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like when you sacrifice, you, you, it's, just, it's just amazing that, you know, sometimes when you're doing this, it feels like nothing's going to happen. But I keep telling people it's a marathon. This this stuff is hard. This is a this really hard doing this stuff. And I see why people give up. But if you keep the same way, but but the same way you're gonna work at your job till you 67 and get that 401k pension, 
and you're going to spend 20 years and really get nothing back. You do the same thing with your dreams. You just got to trust yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I remember the video like it was yesterday. You went up there and you didn't even know what to say. I forgot what you said, but it was, it was short. I, I, was, I was speaking <laughs> Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. I don't know what's going on. I was just too happy. Yeah. But I feel like that was a moment for you because now you've got this new feature film, Lola. And I feel like you learned a lot from that past experience of filming Life is Too Short. Can you talk to us about transitioning from filming one feature film to the second feature film? Yeah, it's all about getting better in time. Um, Lola was originally uh, my first ever short film called Split Decision. And I wanted to make this a franchise, a big film at the time, could do it. So this is important is the plant in the seeds. So Lola is seven years in the making. Now I got the, the feature film Lola, you know, we premiered last year at the American Black Film Festival, got rave reviews. And what it taught me is trial and error. You know, people, sometimes people ask me, Antoine, should I go to film too? I always say no, mm -hmm. because yes, you might learn some stuff. But matter of fact, if you can afford it, go for it. But you can't afford it, it don't make no sense that be $100 in debt just to be a PA. Mm -hmm. Take that money and get that trial and error. Shadow somebody. I, if my kid asks me, Dad, should I go to film too? No, let's do trial and error. That $100,000 that you're going to spend in, and um, on that debt, mm -hmm. you could be making a hundred, not a hundred, you could make a few projects, short films, web series, mm -hmm. spread the money out. Um, so yeah, it just, it taught me that better, better than yourself, you get a lot of rewards. You might get some headaches along the way, you know, you, but you get a lot of rewards. It's all about getting better, you know, uh, yeah. learning your craft and knowing that you are enough. Yeah, I see that, because I actually watched the film Lola and I had the, honor of watching of course and it was so it was such a great feeling to see the film and know that oh i know who did that knowing that you did it and it was really good i, re I really enjoyed the film and it's my understanding that you're working on a sequel already for Logan. Yeah. so yeah. you're not even wasting time or waiting how do you go about making those decisions so fast it seems well, once again, building your own table. Now, if you was in the film industry in Hollywood, you wouldn't have seen a part two until the exec said you seen a part two. I know, you wouldn't even see it. It wouldn't happen, yeah. Yeah, but if you're a production company, I look at myself, you want to make a part two? Yeah, I want to make a part two. <laughs> I'm not. Right, right. Yeah, we're not. I mean, you got you to gotta, like have that confidence, man, building yourself, because if not, yeah. you're going to wait. And cause when I hear people be like, you know, I pay my dues for 30, 40 years. Well, I really hear you waited for 30, 40 years mm. for someone to put you on. So for me, you know, if I have a film production company, I'm the boss. Yeah. Make decisions. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Okay. All right. So I saw that you posted something on your Instagram page. It's a music video for an artist by the name of Rich Lowe, right? Yeah, man. Her. You said it's your new favorite R&B song. You see, the, you see the video? I saw it, eh? I saw it where he had them at the end tied up. Yeah, that, yo, that was... But yeah, he's a, he, yeah he, he's a great, talented um, artist. Um, we, I'm actually going to be casting him. And uh, Lola, too. Yeah, and Lola, too. He's an actor, too. Oh! So, um, yeah, look him up. He's really dope. So, um, But yeah, you know, when I see artists that have talent like that, and, and for me... I'm not picky. When you do something, I'm like, 
yo, who did this? He's a kind of talented, so yeah, he'll be in my future projects. Wow. So how did you go about reaching out to him? Because I feel like nowadays it's so hard to reach out to people who have a name. What's your strategy? What's your process like? Well, he actually, um, he got on my radar through a mutual friend, just since um, actually in Lola. And she told me, yo, this guy's really good. And I checked him out. And um, that's why I tell people all the time. You never know who's watching you. But when she told me about him, I didn't reach out to him until maybe a few months later. So I went to see, you know, what he posting, what he's doing. I was in his album. So that's why I said, when you're online, be careful what you're doing because you never know who's watching you. And um, I reached out to him. That's it. Because at the end of the day, we're in a different world. You can reach out to whoever you want. Yeah, it's just all about how to reply back. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of music videos, I know you directed a Casanova music video called Knock yeah. Knock. Yeah. Academics. Can you talk to us about how that came about? Because that's, those are some names in the industry. People know who they are. Yeah. I had a meeting at Rock Nation um, for a whole different matter. And I tell people at times, if you go to a meeting and you feel like it's not going your way, you give them something else. So I had a meeting at Rock Nation. We had we about something else, but it just wasn't the vibe wasn't going the way I want to go with. So I said, you know what? Let me create opportunity. Uh, the guy actually, um, Polo, he's an A and R. Um, the guy actually signed Casanova, and I said, you know what? I love the song. I want to do the video. Uh, my business partner Eugene Walker, um, he wrote the treatment, and we knocked it out, got it done. So I tell people at times when you were in the rooms and you feel like things ain't going your way, you better create opportunity because wow. opportunity's in the room. Wow. It's just that. It's just that you had created. Wow, that's deep. Because a lot of times people will go into those rooms with no options. They go in there with that one option. And when that option fails, it's like, oh, what do I do now? I have nothing to lean on. So you always go in there with options. Yeah, you got to go in there. You know, you can't be a one-hit wonder. You mm -hmm. got to go in there with a catalog and wow. try to get something out of it. So, But a lot of times we had that lottery mentality, that one ticket in a dream. But now you got to come with different motion because at the end of the day, you might pitch a project that might not like it. But it might like the dirt project. So those are things I learned over the years that you know you can't be a one trick pony. Yeah, yeah. So let's stay on the subject of music. I know you are starting your own label management company, and you're managing an artist by the name of Rondell Maddox. Can you talk to us about him and his talent and what he does? Yeah, um, Rondell. You know, he's one of the person that knew me when I started in the music business. We had a twenty year relationship. And I always knew he was talented. He just needed the right people. So fast forward 20 years later, I told him, one day we might get together. The universe put together. So I haven't worked on my soundtrack, my feature from Lola. And the music is, is incredible. And I believe in him. So a lot of times we have friends and people around us. And we say we believe in them. But we don't do nothing for them. <laughs> we, we don't, like, we bit on a word. So I'm the type of person, if I believe in somebody, I'm going to put, I'm going to give you opportunity. But it's up to you to do the work. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's an incredible artist. So I can't wait for people to hear the music. Yeah, I heard some of his songs. He is incredible. I knew he could rap, but I didn't know he could rap, rap. Do you know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah, That's different. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's a great writer, too. So yeah. look out for Rondell Maddox. So let's talk about a couple of more members of your, your camp. So I know you also mentor Greg DaCosta and John Torres, which I just saw a film for called Breakdown. Can you talk to us about those two guys and what they do and what they bring to the table? Well, I met uh, Greg um, 
at a October Film Festival, um, ran by a friend of mine, Emily Stewart. And he just had, like, sometimes you meet people, and he just has something about him that I was like, yo, I want to help him. And um, that's, that's why I am. If I see something, I act, I want to help. But once again, you got to do the work. So I started mentoring him, and he took the advice and ran off. Right now, you got a movie on CBS, um, his movie, um, um, The Last Sound. Oh, The Last um, Sound, yeah, The yeah. Last Sound, that's on TV. But yeah, I just mentor him because I know that he's great, but sometimes we just need help, we need an opportunity. When I first started, no one helped me. So I always tell people, you know, be the change you want to see. Teach one, teach one. Like, this is simple things. But a lot of times, ego and pride stop us from helping other people sometimes. Sometimes we feel like if they make it, like, it's just, it's a whole trauma mentality in this industry. So I'm big on helping people. So that's great. And then John, John Torres is, is great because he was an extra on a short film that we did, Driving Force. Mm-hmm. And now he's one of my head writers, part of my team. So I tell people all the time, no job is too small. This man went from an extra <laughs> to now a head writer. Like I'm t- I keep telling people, like, but a lot of times we say we want to do something, but we want to do the work. We say we want this lifestyle, but we want to do the work. So when, you're not, when your life is not going the way it's going, you got to look at the mirror, especially nowadays. Back in the day, I get it. But now you have no excuse. With just <laughs> the internet and all this stuff going on, like you have no excuse. Yeah. That's a lot of people at times. It's not the money. I know a lot of people with money. Look, perfect example. Look at that streaming service, uh, Quibi. Yes, Quibi. Quibi, Quibi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quibi CEO had a billion dollars to play with, and he still he still could execute it, I and it's flopped. Now, now the, the streaming service lasts for six months. I tell people at times, it's not the money; it's the internal, it's the hustle. Mm. I don't have a lot of money. I'm rich. I'm rich with passion. I'm rich with we gotta do this. I know I'm not going back where I came from. So a lot of people realize, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not. So a lot of people think money is, no, money is not, money helps, but money's not the reason why you're going to be successful. You got to have the execution, got to have it. And like I said, this is not for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk about your right-hand man, Eugene Walker, and how he's grown immensely. I'm seeing him in Lola and, and all these movies and he's writing now. His growth has, he's, he took it to another level. Let's talk about Eugene. Yeah, once again, if you're around me, I don't want to be the biggest person in the room. I don't like that. I want, like, if I need help, I want to build leaders around me. A lot of times, being a leader, not just I'm a leader. Leaders building who's around you, and they can do things on your own. Mm. If you're the only person in the room that's making money or doing anything, you have a horrible, you're a horrible leader. Yeah. Wow. Leaders build other leaders. You got to, like, you know, in America, we, especially black people, we just do sweat equity. We don't own nothing. I want to build people around me that could be better. So if I build this empire, they could build their own empire. So whoever's around me is what I build. But does everybody around me listen? No. But once again, as long as if the person around you giving the knowledge and information and you decide that's what I want to do, that's your fault. Yeah. Whoever I'm around and they give me opportunities, all you got to do is crack the door. I'm getting in. Oh, you got to crack the door. I'm getting in. Yeah. 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 So who are some of your mentors? Who do you look up to as a leader? Besides God, besides God and myself, um, 50 Cent, uh, Jay-Z, Tyler Perry, um, Issa Rae, yeah. um, Oprah, Definitely. me. Um, <laughs> I love it. And me. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, I mean, those are people that they built stuff. Yeah, you know, they built. They, you know, it is. They build it. I, I love people that build stuff and plant seeds and build their own. Yeah, I'm gonna take a quick detour. I posted something on my page today because my friend has his book out, and it deals with mental health and depression. And I posted something along the lines of, "We all cry." I want to ask you about that. How do you feel about men who say that men shouldn't cry or women shouldn't cry or people shouldn't cry? Let's talk about that. Well, that's, to- that's, that's people that's toxic and broken. Because I used to be a part of that group. When you're toxic and broken, you feel like, you know, I should cry. But that's what we learn. If you grew up in a certain environment and you show any fear, you're weak, you're soft. I talk about this in my book that's coming out on my birthday, Stop Back for Permission. Um, you, that's a toxic environment. Like, if you're a man, you gotta be vulnerable because that's gonna translate you having a wife, you having a daughter. So you walk around with your face all screw up, you gonna have wrinkles <laughs> and black don't crack. Yeah. So, yeah. and you gotta be vulnerable, get help, you know, go to therapy because at the end of the day, you're gonna wind up being a walking time bomb. And a lot of people growing up in the neighborhood, they walk in time bombs, they broken. You know, if I show you love, and you show me the opposite, you need help. Like, I, I stay away from broken people because I realize that sometimes I speak to them and it's just something that connects them. And me, I'm healed. When you heal, you hear different, you smell different, you reacting is different. But a lot of people are walking around broken, they need the help. So what I do is I stay away from broken people. I try my best because it's kind of like, they're going to bleed on you. When people are broken, they're going to bleed on you and then you want to an ace mess. Mm-hmm. So definitely get the help. Um, go to therapy. Um, I know back in the day in our neighborhood, it wasn't cool, but now it's cool. Because if not, <laughs> that's cool. you're going you're gonna to mess up your blessings. Yeah. Have you ever considered doing a series or a film based off of mental health or depression? I mean, Lola talks about it. Lola is a film about an African-American female, you know, that wound up in a sexual assault situation. And she used boxing and family as a therapy. But going through that trauma, how you get through it? Friends sometimes, family, situations. You know, I tell people all the times, pour your pain into your passion mm. so you can find a purpose. Mm. That's a bar right there. I like yeah. that. So with Lola, the boxing film that you just produced, how do you see yourself in it? Where do you see yourself in that movie? I'm just curious, because normally we create stuff that comes from us. Well, um, when I did my premiere before uh, New York shut down, um, I had three young ladies that both got sexually assaulted. One got one got raped the week of the premiere. And after the movie, she came to me and said, because of the movie, I want to go to the cops and tell the person that, that did this to me. Originally, she was going to stay quiet. So I'm a messenger from God. You know, I create those stories to help other people. And I want to show people that, you know, in a different light. Sometimes we make those films. We see the same films all over the times. I want to make films that touch people. So if my films ain't touching you, there's something wrong. So I want to feel like, wow, this, this is amazing. And when she told me that story, I'm done. My film is a success already. Because this young lady that went through a trauma experience came to me and said, a movie that I did seven years ago, an idea, made her want to go to the cops. I'm done. Whatever I get next is this extra bonus. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well said. Well said. So moving into 2021, 
What are some of your goals and plans? Survive. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Yeah, this, is, this is survive because this 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 is something different. Yeah, this, this is, is something different. Just this is just survive, stay focused, um, stay healthy, and try to make it out of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. So how can people stay in touch with you? I know you're on social media. Yeah, go to my official page, um, AntoineAllenFilms.com. Uh, my Instagram, AntoineAllenFilms. You know, check out, you know, you want to need some mentorship. Um, I'm always here to help. But like I said, you got to do the work. Hey, with no work, you're just dead. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You also, aren't you launching your clothing line for Lola? Don't you have merchandise that's coming out soon? Yeah, that's another, that's another thing I want to talk on a little bit. When you're a filmmaker, you got to think about the business. Sometimes, we, not sometimes, all the times, artists, we spend 95% on the work and no, no work on marketing. You got to market your stuff. So now my film's coming out uh, March 31st, Women's Month. Um, I got the movie coming out. I got the soundtrack coming out. I got the merch coming out. You can't leave no money on the table. <laughs> it, it's, just, it's just too many opportunities out here to leave money on the table. So... I have a whole rollout coming out. And yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited um, for this film. I might come out and see it. We'll see it online. And then I might be doing some driving, some movie theaters to see if it's available to show Lola because I, I want to do that. That was the original plan. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but I'm excited, man. I'm excited for people to see this and then um, get ready for Lola too after you watch one. Wow. All right, Antoine. So it, it has been a pleasure to have you on out on the front lines. Uh, I hope that you stay creative and you stay safe out there because it is a crazy world. Yeah, man. Like I said, congratulations on you creating this platform to help people. And you got to do this, create things, build conversation. Because when I first started, it's all I don't realize. They see those Zoom and they see those podcasts and they become normalized. But you have to realize, back in the day, we didn't have this information. Especially in the black community. It was just Spike Lee and Todd Perry. <laughs> so that's it. Those two, that's yeah. it. Yeah, you, it wasn't no online was nothing. So now when you watch those meetings, you say, "Wow, he looked like me. He did it. I did it." Yeah. Now we see things. So this people realize how important this is, is to go online and find things and people that look like you. So mm -hmm. keep doing it, man. And um, I'm proud of you. Ah, thank you, thank you. There you have it. Thank you for watching out on the front lines. Thank you to all the supporters. Again, we're looking for sponsors. Stay safe, stay productive, stay creative. Out on the front lines. My name is Les. Signing out. And I am a bus driver. <laughs>